Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting digital. Now, let's tune in to the message for today. Let's see you guys. Hey, welcome to, welcome to Lake Point, man. So glad you're here. Welcome all of our campuses and uh, those of you that might be joining us online as well. If this is your first time here, man, so, so grateful for you. Thanks for, thanks for coming today. And I want to give my shout out to all the dads as well, man. So grateful. So many good dudes in this church. So, so many just good men, dads and non-dads. There's a lot of good guys in this, this place. Just really, really grateful for all of you. And, uh, and you know, dad jokes are one thing. Papa jokes take it to another level of bad, uh, such as, why did the chicken cross the road? Because, sorry, that's so bad. That's so, that's just so bad. But being a dad and now a, a papa, a granddad has been one of the highlights of my life. And uh, I know that so many of you share that same joy and you love the responsibility of that calling on your life. So on behalf of the whole Lake Point family, just thank you for the amazing job so many of you do. Uh, we are in part two of a four-part series that we're calling Live No Lies. And uh, we kicked this off last week talking about how you and I have a very real enemy who wants to steal our identity. The, Bi- the Bible calls this hacker Satan or the devil or our accuser. Now, you, you might laugh at the notion of a devil. I totally get it. Uh, but I think one of the most clever strategies that he has employed throughout the years is that he's not real. You know, he's like Santa, he's like the, the Tooth Fairy or some ridiculously goofy character on a Saturday Night Live sketch or some dark figure on a video, on a video game. But Jesus himself acknowledged that he's very real. In fact, we read last week how Jesus called him the father of lies. And he told us that while, while God's plan is to give us life and life to the full, Satan's sole agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy all of life. Well, one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy named Peter, wrote this. He said, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's saying he's real, and he is on the prowl. Another guy named Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 6. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So you and I, according to scripture, are in a battle. And we can feel it in our world. We can, we can see it in our culture. And we know it in our soul. And the war on our soul is not fought with like assault weapons, tanks, cyber attacks, or bombs. The chief weapon is lies. The goal of the enemy is not so much to get you and me to tell lies as it is to get you and me to live lies. He wants to hack into our soul and wants to steal our God-given identity. So we just thought it might be super helpful for a few weeks to expose some big-time lies that he spends, some lies that all of us have a tendency to believe about ourselves. Lies such as, 
I am what I feel. We unpacked that one last week. If you missed it, I encourage you to check it out online. We talked about how when, when you and I are defined and we're led solely by our feelings, when we just follow our heart, our appetites, follow our flesh, our hormones, our hunger for instant gratification, we always end up making some really, really bad trades. But when we go deeper into a relationship with God and we anchor ourselves in his truth, when we allow God's spirit to become our GPS, he leads us to the kind of life that Jesus called life to the full. Next week, we're going to expose the lie that says, I am what I do. How well I perform what I do defines who I am. And a lot of us wrestle with that one. And then we'll wrap it all up with the most paralyzing lie of all. I am what I've done. My past is what defines me. But today, let's get after this big time lie. I am what people say about me. Anybody else struggle with that one? You know, words uh, carry weight. Uh, Maybe you grew up hearing the little phrase, Uh, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Maybe you even said that defiantly as a little kid. Well, that's not what the research shows. And all kinds of people are jacked up because words that have been spoken to them. I mean, all of us have been shaped for good or for bad by the words that have been spoken to us, over us, or about us. Words carry weight. And words are not equally weighted. I mean, think about this. How many positive words does it take to counteract one negative one. I mean, isn't it true that we could hear like 100 positive comments about the way we look, the way we are, or something that we've done, and then we get one critical negative comment, and it just eats our lunch and cancels out all the positive ones. And depending on what was said and who said it, man, that comment can weigh us down for a lifetime. And I don't know what kind of weight you may be carrying because of what's been said about you or what people have called you, what they whispered about you, what they snapped about you. I don't know what less than flattering nicknames you were given on the playground. I don't know what kind of labels have been attached to you. I don't know what you've been, what's been gossiped about you or how they trolled you in the comments, comment section on social media, what names have been yelled at you or how many times you may have been bullied or abused by words. But I do know that they hurt because I too have felt that sting. And maybe it's not so much what was said to you as what was not said. And I, I don't know, but maybe there's some internal damage because of the absence of some important words. Maybe you never heard words like, I'm so proud of you, man. You are so good. You're so talented. You, you are so beautiful. I was talking to a good friend of mine who told me that her mom Never told her, I love you. She just couldn't say those words. As her mom was sick and and dying several years ago, she got to sit with her in hospice. And she took her mom's hand and told her, Mom, I love you. And she waited for the response. It never came. She still couldn't say it. She just turned her head away. And it it just crushed her. So whether it was important words that were withheld from you, or hurtful words that have been hurled at you, we can all get deceived into believing that they're true, that maybe, maybe we are what people have said or say about us. And it's not just the words that are spoken, it's also all the messages that we receive. I mean, every day 
we are inundated with thousands and thousands of cultural messages that shape what we believe about ourselves. We receive messages all day long that show us what beauty is supposed to look like, what the perfect body is supposed to look like, what success looks like, what winning looks like, what sexual freedom looks like, what cool looks like, what being loved looks like. Plus, we can instantly see from the number of thumbs up at the bottom of a square what being liked looks like. And it's constant these days. Let me just talk about physical appearance for a minute. And guys, I know that this is a thing uh, for us too. But I can't imagine the struggle that many women go through. In 1959, a cultural icon was born that became the measure of how a girl was supposed to look. Anybody know who that was? Yeah, Barbie. Now, I'm not hating on Barbies. But did you know that if Barbie was a real human being, her proportions would make her somewhere north of seven feet tall. And in order to achieve her perfect figure, she would need to have two ribs removed along with several major organs. In addition, Barbie has no hormonal cycle to affect her complexion, no metabolism to struggle with. It's not real. And we know it. But dang, girls definitely got the message. Michelle Graham wrote an insightful, very vulnerable uh, honest, even funny, helpful book for women. And she writes about how, how the whole Barbie image messed with her all throughout elementary, middle school, and, and high school as she matured. And she writes this in her book. As I grew into adulthood, I left my Barbie behind. Unfortunately, I struggle with the belief that unless I'm physically perfect, a perfection that's unattainable and unrealistic, I'm somehow not as valuable as everybody else. You see, Barbie moved out but Victoria moved in. Oh, Victoria's secret. Lowering women's self-esteem since 1979. I love the lyrics of that song by Jax. I know Victoria's secret. Have you heard it? She sings, I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger that all bodies aren't the same. Photoshop itty bitty models on magazine covers told me that I was overweight. I stopped eating. What a bummer. Can't have carbs in a hot girl summer. If I could go back and tell myself when I was younger, I'd say, hey, I know Victoria's secret. And girl, you wouldn't believe it. She's an old man living in Ohio making money off of girls like me. Awesome. Just awesome. Now, of course, we have apps today with all kinds of filters so we can take and post that perfect selfie. Professionals are paid big bucks to make the models and stars look amazing. Almost every single image is photoshopped, digitally altered, or filtered in some way, and the result is a completely phony image. Although you might wish it was, I want you to know that nothing what you see right now has been digitally altered in any way, shape, or form. Most of us can't compete. We can't compete with those phony images. Genetically, our bodies can't do it. And in many cases, it wouldn't even be healthy to try. But unfortunately, the lie gets reinforced every day. And a lot of people are literally dying trying to fit that image. The thing is today, the message isn't just sitting in a toy box with a boyfriend, Ken. The messages are literally in our hands now. And catch this, in the hands of our kids, on an average of seven hours and 22 minutes of screen time throughout the day. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the new uh, Dove uh, beauty campaign ad. It's really good. But it ends with a stat that reveals how social media is harming the mental health of three out of five kids, especially highlighting young girls with eating disorders. 
And listen, I'm not railing against social media either. I know there are great things about it. But gang, we have to be aware, all of us, that we are receiving thousands of messages, many of them selling us a lie that we can begin to tell ourselves. And our identity and our worth really can get based upon what other people say, what other people think, what they do, what they eat, what they look like, way, perform, their success, and on and on. This whole thing to me, and I'm not exaggerating here, this whole thing to me seems so sinister. And it should. Because it's the plan of the enemy of our soul. The original identity thief who wants to distort our image and the image of God and hack into our identity with his lies. They're the words we hear, they're the messages we receive, and also the experiences that we live. All of them reinforce the lie that I am what people say about me. We, we believe it because we've had those experiences where we didn't get invited, or they totally ghosted us, or we didn't get the job, or we failed the test, or they broke up with us, or nobody listened, or we were abandoned, we were neglected, we were abused, we got cut from the team, we struck out with the bases loaded, nobody liked our post, they cheated on us. All of us have lived it, and so we can begin to believe, well, maybe I am what all the words and all the messages tell me. Maybe I am ugly. Maybe I am fat. Maybe I am annoying. Maybe I am unwanted. Maybe I am dumb and lazy. Maybe I am unlikable. Maybe I am unlovable. Maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe I'm not good enough. And listen, I have been there. I have at different times in my life internalized this lie. And I have learned how chasing approval and checking opinion polls and basing my worth on what other people say really, really messes with my identity. And it has led me to some unhealthy relational junk. You see, when you and I buy this lie, it leads us to do whatever we need to do to get people to affirm us, applaud us, accept us, include us, and respect us, and like us. Reminds me of a quote by the enormously insecure Michael Scott of office fame. He says, do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. There's a little of Michael Scott in every single one of us. And when we head down this road, we often end up people-pleasing and approval-seeking, and we fail to put up any boundaries in our relationships. We begin to compromise our values. We stay in toxic relationships. We start powering up or we start cowering down, and we begin to enable and exhibit some codependent behavior. And many of us have lived this life, and we know that it's exhausting and anxious and fearful and sometimes a very depressing way to live your life. I like how Lecrae puts it, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. Proverbs 29, 25 puts it like this, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Another version of that verse calls people pleasing a snare or a trap. And once you're in that trap, man, it is hard to break free. So how do we not get snared? How do we keep from living this lie? Is there a way to break free? Absolutely. There is hope for us, and I think it's found in having some new words and some new messages and some new experiences. You know, we, we talked about the weight of words. The reality is that words are unequally weighted based upon who says them. I mean, think about it. At work... The boss's words just weigh more. 
on the field, on the court, the coach's words, they just weigh more. A best friend's words, they weigh more. A mom or a dad, their, their words weigh more. A spouse's words just weigh more. Again, that's why I am so grateful to all the amazing dads in this place who just speak affirmation and encouragement and gentleness and tenderness and praise and acceptance and unconditional love to your kids. You have no idea the weight of your words. And there are so many great dads at Lake Point that just do that on a regular basis. I just wish there were a whole lot more in this world. I I saved this poignant email a few years back, and she gave me permission to share it. Uh, She wrote, Dear Mike, I was in my very early 20s when I got married. At the time, I was 5'6", 115 pounds. Two years later, I remember my husband saying, If I don't want you, nobody will. He threw me down a flight of stairs, and we got divorced. I started to make myself throw up anytime I ate too much or felt like I was gaining weight. I went to about 105 pounds. There were times when my chest hurt so bad from throwing up and exercising so much that I decided to finally stop throwing up. I went almost two years, barely ever doing it. I remarried, had another child. Even after my baby, my weight came off, and I stabilized it. 115, 118 pounds. I was really okay with it. A couple of years ago, I took some medicine, which caused me to gain 18 pounds in just over eight weeks. Uh, Even after changing my medicine, I didn't lose the weight. I have dieted. I walk. I've tried all kinds of healthy ways to lose weight. It just hasn't happened. I feel horrible about it. In fact, in the past six months, I've gained five more pounds. Well, yesterday, my dad came to visit. He's been here four times in eight years. He walked up to me, put his hand across my waist and said, what happened to my skinny little girl? Where did that pretty little skinny girl go? You've gotten so big. I broke into tears. In fact, I just keep crying. I feel so wounded and hurt all over again. I would love to stick my finger straight down my throat. He said he didn't mean to make me cry and assure that I'll be able to lose the weight. I hate the way I look, and it makes me feel disgusted and deeply sad. I know it isn't supposed to be important, but I can't let go of it. There are things so much more important in the world, war, trafficking, poverty. So I'm sorry this is so petty, but I need to know, does God care at all about this? Well, the answer is yes. Deeply he cares. And let me ask you, what if the words of an insensitive dad or an insecure mom or a screwed up culture were replaced by some new words, some loving words? from your perfect heavenly father? What if the lies of the thief were replaced with truth from your creator? Would that make a difference for you? I'm praying it will. You see, no one's words should weigh more in your life than the words that God says about you. Because I'm talking about the author of life, your maker. I'm talking about your perfect heavenly father, your Abba, your daddy. And he has some words for you. And here are three big ones right here. God says this about you. You are accepted, secure, and significant. Accepted, secure, and significant. If you need to make that an acrostic to remember it, go right ahead if that would help you. But this is what the source of life, the source of truth says about you. Now, I'm going to read a list that has a bunch of scripture references, and you can screenshot it if you want to with your phone, or you can feverishly write it down. I shared this on Friday on the Daily Drive podcast. The list goes like this. In Christ, I am completely accepted. This is what God says. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I'm united with the Lord, and I am one in spirit with him. 
I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I've been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sin, and I am complete in Christ. That's what God says. In Christ, in Christ, I am totally secure. Check out what God says. I am free. I am free from condemnation. I'm assured that God works all things together for my good. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am confident that God will finish the good work that he has started on the inside of me. I'm already a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and self-discipline. I can find mercy and grace to help me in my time of need. And I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. That's what God says. In Christ, I'm not only accepted and secure, I am deeply significant. God says that I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I'm a branch of the true vine Jesus. I'm a channel of his life. I've been chosen to bear fruit. I'm a personal, spirit-empowered witness of Christ. I'm a temple of God. He lives in me now. I'm a minister of reconciliation for God. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I am God's workmanship, his masterpiece created for good works. I may approach God with freedom and confidence, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's why what God says. And I'm telling you, gang, those are some weighty words to build your life upon. Believe the truth. Live no lies. Becky, a 20-something friend who wrestled with all kinds of cultural lies about body image and body shaming and stuff, she wrote this little poem and sent it to me. I thought it was really cool. She, she called it, In the Arms of My Father. She writes, I sat on the couch coffee, music, Bible sadness, feeling unworthy, unloved, discouraged, broken pieces of myself all around me, unwilling to love, unwilling to believe, waiting, waiting, wanting, needing, feeling the arms of my father around me, blanketing me, loving me, assuring me, comforting me, accepting me. You are worthy, daughter. You are loved. You are my most beloved daughter. Believe, believe. As I leaned into his arms, I heard him speak those words. And in that moment, I loved myself and I believed. There's a principle in psychology that says that we become what we believe. The most important people in our lives think about us. And that's why I'm praying that Jesus becomes the most important person in your life. Because as we hear his words, as we begin to believe his truth, they start to outweigh all the lies that we hear. And we reclaim our true identity as a much-loved child of God. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to forget all the hurtful things that people have said or will say about us. But we can stack those words up against God's word. And we can choose to live no, no lies. We just need some new words. And we need some new messages. I mean, you and I have to get really intentional about all the messages that we are allowing to inform and form us. We cannot be ignorant in thinking that we aren't influenced by what we consume on a daily basis. And please know that I say this 
with as much grace as I know that I personally need. But you just can't keep feeding your mind lies and expect to flourish. What we choose to download into our minds really, really matters. And the blunt and honest truth is, if you want to break free from living these lies and you want to start living a brand new way, you cannot continue to fill your mind with all the junk that distorts the image of God in you and the image of God in other people, like pornographic images and fantasies from romance novels and explicit music lyrics and violence and cynical political crap and hours of scrolling and comparing and diving deep into the comments threads. We just can't do that. And please know again, I'm not some preacher who is railing against the evils of our culture. I'm just a dude who struggles with this stuff too. And someone who loves you enough to be honest with you that the messages you and I choose to put into our minds will greatly influence how we see ourselves, who we're becoming, how we treat other people, and the direction we're going to head in this life. And no, I'm not suggesting that we all go live in a tiny home out in the woods somewhere with no cell service. And I don't have a list of who to follow and who to unfollow, what to watch and what not to watch, who to support, who to boycott. But like we said last week, you do have the Holy Spirit to help you with all that. Ask Him what you might need to filter. Ask Him what you might need to block or delete or unfollow or quit so that you can be intentional about the messages you receive and believe. But there's a verse that Deb and I would quote with our kids around the breakfast table before they would go off to school. And we were living in Las Vegas at the time. We'd sit there every morning and we would recite this verse from Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, through lies, which depend on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Would you just read that? Let's just read that from the screen together. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. It's just saying, live no lies. And for you and I not to be taken captive by lies, we have to download truth. When Satan comes to us and he says the same thing he said in the garden to the original couple, he says, oh, come on. Did God say that? Did God say that? We can say, well, actually he did say that because we know the truth of what God says about himself and what God says about us. And gang, to do that, it takes more than just showing up here on the weekend. By the way, that's awesome, a great practice. But we have to download truth on a regular basis. I've got a really good friend who was taking chemo this week. And uh, when we picked her up, she said she used the entire two hours where she's hooked up to an IV to just memorize a bunch of scriptures that she's been learning about fear. Just downloading truth from God's word to counteract all the lies. And there, there are tons of reading plans to help you do this. You could be listening to podcasts or audio books or just, you know, actual paper books or downloading worship music. It's getting in a group and taking a deeper dive, having a conversation about God's word. There's so many ways to just intentionally feed our minds new messages. We need the right kind of messages. So you got to get some new words and some new messages and some new experiences. You know, I am so excited about what went on here at, at KidQuest uh, last week. And what's going to happen at United Camp with our students? We're places where kids and students can experience the love of God. 
They can experience positive peer pressure. They can experience safe places where they can be vulnerable and just unpack their fears and insecurities. They can experience real fun that leaves them without regret. And there's all kinds of opportunities for all of us to be in the same kind of community where we're building friendships and life groups or we're going to work in steps together at Regen or AA or NA or we're hanging with each, other's, with each other in each other's houses. We're eating meals around a table together as a spiritual family. And there's all kinds of new experiences that help us get our eyes off of ourselves and onto serving other people. One of the things I love most about mission trips is the fact that everybody looks the same. I mean, when you're on a mission trip and you're like, you know, mixing concrete and you're covered in dirt and sweat and no one's getting a really very frequent shower, everybody looks and smells the same. I'm telling you, in those moments, nobody there is counting carbs. Nobody's counting fat grams. Nobody's worried about their tan lines or their love handles or the definition on their tricep. They're just lost in loving little kids. They're lost in serving, hurting people, just grateful people who are living in under-resourced areas around the world, and they're just having a blast. They're just lost and giving a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, these new experiences in your life will diminish the power of all the lies and reinforce the truth of what real life looks like. When we start to hear new words, when we download new messages and start to have these new experiences, I'm telling you, we no longer let the crowd define who we are. We're not held captive by a bathroom scale or some worthless reflective piece of glass. We are no longer chasing after likes. We're not derailed by negative comments. We're not devastated by rejection. We're not striving for acceptance because we know we already are. And those lies that try to tell us you are what you feel no longer applies to us. The lie that says you are what you do and how well you do it, that doesn't define you and me. The lie that keeps so many people stuck saying, never forget, you are what you have done. That's exposed for the absolute lie that it is. And the lie that says you are what people say about you no longer runs your life because now we live in the truth of what the most important person, Jesus, says about us. Jesus said one time, if you hold to my teachings, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And my deepest prayer throughout this series is that you would know the truth. That you are accepted, secure, and significant. That you matter to the one who matters most. And you would just walk in the freedom of that truth every day of your life. Let me pray for us all. Uh, God, you, you know how uh, I, I've, I've battled all these lies in my life. You know that. And uh, that whole follow your heart, you do you, go with your gut, just chase your feelings, your appetites, that has done a number on my life. The whole performance thing that we'll talk about next week, God, you know that's been an issue that being stuck in the past being defined by what I've done in my life that lie got to me too but this one uh, the one we talked about today uh, I, I thank you for setting me free from all that stuff chasing approval uh, checking opinion polls 
letting comments devastate me, criticism take me out, praise blow up my head. I just, I just thank you that all that matters is what you say. And God, we, we, we do, you know, have, have words that carry weight for us. But God, I, I, I thank you for the way when we know your words and we know your truth, those are the words that really, really matter. And so we're not so wrecked when other stuff comes our way. I, pr- I pray, God, that everybody in this place, everybody watching online would know that their identity is a much-loved child of God, that we are much-loved men, we are much-loved women, and that is who we are. Thank you, Jesus, for proving that by going to a cross. Thank you, Father, for lavishing your love on us and calling us your children. And I thank you for that, and I pray that all of us would live in that truth this week. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our Church Online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital.